Today on The Breakdown, you just got to dream a little dream. Sometimes it grows. Sometimes it blossoms into something special, something that changes your life. And here we are on the bubble of a main event, a millions main event where first place is $683,000. We've got a few players who are going to be facing off on said bubble with all the money, all the ego, all the bragging rights on the line. This is like that moment in Casino Royale when everyone might have died and James Bond saved the day. It's sort of like that, except it's more of a standard big bubble spot. And uh, we're going to see some unusual play from a, uh, a player who's won a lot of money and uh, maybe just knows his way around a poker table just a little bit. We're going to examine it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Lee. Hey, Jonathan Levy. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Levy. Is that your shock jock way of saying it? With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. All right. Give, I think you would be good at this, so I'm going to prompt okay. you here. Hit me. Give me a morning shock jock reading the weather for Cincinnati. <laughs> okay. It's so hard. Um, <laughs> hey there, Cincinnati! It's Johnny B and the Bees. What's that? Hey, Johnny! <laughs> Shut the hell up, Mom! <laughs> All right, let's go. We got, uh, got a storm front moving in. <laughs> That's pretty good. Was it? Yeah. It felt terrible. I liked it. Felt really bad the whole way. I mean, you're, you should be embarrassed, but I liked it. I was definitely embarrassed, and I felt like I was just really missing the mark. And every, pretty much every moment. I thought the shut up mom was my best moment, personally. It was pretty good. I All right. You, you did a decent shock I, jock. I committed to it. That's yeah. the only thing I could say. I, I don't think the content was great, but the, commit, the passion was there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what the jury will say about <laughs> what your actions. <laughs> you know, if, that's, if they put that on my gravestone, he wasn't really good at anything, but the passion was there. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, I'll be dead anyway. I won't, it won't bother me. Sure. You know, I would... If I knew they were going to put that on my gravestone ahead of time, I would, I would be kind of upset about that, though. I'd be like, fuck you. But if I'm dead already, it's fine. You guys can write whatever you want. Would you want to be a shock jock? <sighs> Not for very long, but yes. Yeah. Like you, a little while. If you didn't have to be the morning shock jock. I know you don't like to be up in the mornings. Right, right. No, so no. if you could be like the evening shock the jock. Afternoon, the afternoon drive time shock jock. Yeah. Hey, 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 Cincinnati! <laughs> we're back. Cincinnati feels like the ultimate shock jock city for some <laughs> reason. I've it. never been there. <laughs> so what are the kinds of topics that really make a shock jock so shocking anyway, would you say? I think they, they take like weird stances brand loyalty-wise in certain spots. Like, you drink Sierra Mist, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I hate about this town is all the people. <laughs> you guys get me. You Cincinnatians get me, right? The worst thing about Cincinnati is the people. All right. <laughs> Yeah, hating people. That's one thing that you can do. On the 10, it's J-Lev and the Levbees. I think being a shock jock is easiest if you're a sports-themed shock jock. Oh, you can so have, much you can have all, all, I can these, like, all these really incredibly strong takes on things that you don't actually have that big of an opinion on and stuff. That's all of Boston Sports Radio, what you just described. <laughs> yeah. All of it. It's so rough. Yeah. So, so infuriating. That is the... Uh, the little pool of tadpoles that Bill, Bill Simmons grew into a frog out of over there. He wasn't really on the radio, but yeah. Sure. He was a writer. But he did actually start to show up on the radio a little bit. as just starting to make it. And then they all made fun of him because his voice was not great for radio. He's got a little bit of a softness that's not good for radio. They call them the sports chick. I still remember that. Wow. Yeah. I'm that's you, very was, Boston. Yes. It was <laughs> very Boston-y. It yeah. was pretty lame. Yeah. Not that, not that he was super great, but he was better than they were. They were, like, bad, and he's right. at least, you know, fine, and sometimes good and sometimes pretty dumb. Sure. Shock yeah. jock. Shock jock. That's you. I could do it. I think I could do it. I think you could do it, too. I feel like I have a greater calling, but I could do it. I got to be a poker guy, What's man. better? The poker guys. Oh. Yeah. And I can't do both. Right, of course. It takes poker, too much time. The poker, yeah, the shock jocking. <laughs> no, be a poker guy just uses up so much, so much of my life. That's what we're going with. I mean, think about, like... No one really believes that we, when we do these Nobody podcasts... Nobody believes. That, <laughs> ...that these podcasts aren't, like, scripted out, obviously, right? Like, I know we pretend, but, like, just getting off script for a moment, for real. 
This is this is Wait, real, for real, for real, or for is real, this the real. part that you wrote in the script? Well, you would about know. Getting off, you would know. I acknowledge it. Then we <laughs> either you're reading it or okay, you're not. Yeah, yeah. One um, of those two things is happening. But like you know, like there's a tremendous amount of hours that go into every single one what's, of these podcasts. What's the rule that that podcast guru on the mountain told us when we did our our journey before we began the podcast? It's like. For every five minutes of podcast, you have to put in three and a half hours of work. <laughs> and so for some reason, we run these podcasts extra long sometimes. Now, we don't always put in the full three and a half hours for every five minutes. Sometimes and it's three and a half hours total. It's not like per person. Yeah, course. yeah, that's true. And also, like, sometimes an extended bit, you can actually, like, put in, like, three hours, 45 minutes and get, like, eight or nine minutes out of sure. it, you know? Because you're doing the same kind of a thing, right? right? You don't have to, like, rework everything. But the amount of editing that goes into this, this particular, I even mean, this episode right now. If you could hear what Jonathan's voice actually sounds like <laughs> after before we touch it up, you would be like, no shock jock there. I mean, no one is really thinking that I just came up with that shock jock thing out of nowhere, right? Like, that would be, that's basically impossible to no, do something that I mean, that, I that prompted you, I, the prompt I came up with was so funny and smart. And then the way you executed was yeah. so incredibly good. Nobody would actually believe that it was unscripted. Yeah, they like think like oh yeah I, I like that how they pretend this to be unscripted you know like that's cool it's kind of like how we told wheel the the interns were real right it's yeah. kind of like that yeah it's like we're telling the audience that it's not scripted right you know and, yeah and they're believing us like it's, we'll believe that the interns were real this is effectively the opposite of curb your enthusiasm what we're doing here curb you know acts like it's a scripted show but it's completely unscripted and this is acts like an unscripted show but is every single beat is you know been been put through focus groups, basically. Oh, many focus groups. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, what do you guys think about at, here at 7 Minutes, that pause? <laughs> and, you know, and, and say whatever you want. Like, no, no feelings are going to be hurt here. I don't, I don't work for the poker guys, that's what you have to say, even though you do. The art that you have to employ, by the way, like, I think we should just get this on the table because I, I finally yeah. want credit for the art that it takes that's fair. to know exactly when to interrupt the other poker guy when they're still talking. Tell me about it, it to Grant. Make it seem, to make it seem <laughs> real, yeah. you know, to make it seem like it's genuine. Andrew T. knows what we're talking about, right? Andrew T. knows what we're talking about. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. But no one else. No one yeah, else gets it. Yeah, this is entirely the amount a huge, of... huge production. Each podcast takes us like a week to make. That's why we put out two a week. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's two of us. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Full-time, I couldn't also be a shock jock because I'm I, doing this. Yeah, you're right. You're that's right. some real talk right there. We finally really pulled back the, uh, the dome a little bit. We pulled back the curtain. You got to see the man behind the curtain. You pull back the dome from that show under the dome? Yeah. You don't do that. They're that under is, a dome for a reason, man. Yeah, no. The, the reason is they're in trouble, and they're all going to die, and they have to get out, man. That's why. Oh. Did you know that? I thought, I thought there was like a, 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 pa- good. a pesticide issue or something. And they're I mean, like, oh, we got to hide in the dome. There, there are problems. It is pretty problematic to be in the dome. Like, think about it, every time someone, like, fucks with the air at all. Like, every time you pollute the air a little bit, it doesn't, re, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. It just stays in your little your little. The, I mean, aquarium. you can make one-way air systems. Are we saying that whatever... This pe- isn't human-made. The dome just appears, man. They don't know what's going on. They're screwed. They're in bad shape. A lot of death. A lot of death. Mm. Is that showing its 13th, 14th season now? No, they canceled it after like season two. Thank God. I know. Of it course was they did. Real bad. You actually watched it? I watched the first two episodes because I had read the book and uh, it was not good. And Dean Norris, who of course was Hank from uh, Breaking Bad, of course. was the star. And so I was like, all right, good for him. And then I was like, wow, this is, this is no good. Some bad stuff here, Dean Norris. Well, he made a lot of money on it, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, that was his big cash inning, yeah. cash inning moment. So good for him. Good for him. Okay, like, one, like one more thing before oh, we yeah. get to the poker. I've said this off air to you before, but and this this actually might be an opinion that uh, ruffles some feathers because this is uh, apparently a very popular show. Okay, but a mainstream show that is very popular now on Netflix, started on NBC, that I am so incredibly disappointed in having only watched one episode is Manifest. Ah, yes, you really do hate that. I think most people don't think Manifest is any good. I okay, believe. probably it's, but not. It's very popular. It's very popular. I uh, like the sci-fi concept behind it is so good. And the execution is so incredibly bad just for the first episode. Everything about it is bad. The acting, the directing, the writing, <laughs> everything, every choice is horrible. Yeah. Like, how could you take a concept that good and just, like, just kick it down a well it's so poorly? It's such, so awful. I mean, you know, it's a network show, so they're going to... There have been good network shows in the past. It's been a while. There's very few good networks. I watch one network show, and for the last several years, I've watched This Is one. Us. This Is Us. Yeah. I love This Is Us. Um, I don't think I literally watch any other network shows now. And I watch a lot of... I watch a lot of stuff, as anyone who listens to this this podcast knows. Um, It's all streaming, cable, whatever. You know, it's all the stuff where the artists get to do their thing. There's less interference, and they can do more of what they want. They don't have to, 
you know, satisfy sponsors in the same way. And it's just, it's just, a, you don't have to worry about offending people in the same way. It's just better work. I'd just love to have seen Manifest executed by like Apple TV Plus or HBO. Yeah. See what happened, you know? I mean, in fairness, they're doing their own thing, right? Yeah. Apple TV is doing Foundation. Yeah. HBO is doing, well, The House of the Dragon. But they're doing lots of really, really good work, obviously, on HBO all the time. Yeah. Made for love. One more TV thing. Sure. I was just watching Sunday Night Football last night, and I don't know how many of you watch it. I know it's the most popular show on TV, so a decent portion. La Brea? Is that what you're going to talk about? No, but Ah. something similar. Okay. I don't remember what the show is called, but you know Al Michaels, the play-by-play guy, legendary play-by-play guy, always does like the promotions as they're coming back from commercial for whatever NBC thing he has to promote. Mm -hmm. And he always, like... He's so old, he doesn't have to work anymore. And, and like he puts enough effort into the promotions that it's not like clearly that he's <laughs> he's phoning it in, but he's definitely phoning it in and doesn't give a shit about the things he's talking about. Yeah. And it was a really funny one last night because he's talking about some show that is, I guess, like supposed to be emotional. He's like, it's coming this Thursday on NBC. Oh, yeah. It's ordinary Joe. That's why. Yeah, yeah, ordinary Joe coming this Thursday on NBC. People are saying it has this is us five. <laughs> yeah, that's why I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, huh. And I'm like, oh, it looks terrible though. Yeah, and Al Michaels really didn't want to say those words. Yeah. You could tell that. It's always fun when the sports casters are forced to do th- say things about shows that they really don't want to say. It, yeah. it happens a lot, of right. course. You won't believe how crazy it gets this week on ABC's Wipeout. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they just feel so dumb. The hits just keep coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, this is, this is the job they signed up for. It is, and they get paid incredibly well. So They do. They do. So fuck those guys. Let's move on. All right. Let's talk about something entirely different, okay. which is uh, this hand, which was suggested by Alex Trembath. Hey, he's famous. He is, and he did it the way that the kids are doing it these days. Oh. Not on Twitter, which is like, if you're an old millennial, you use Twitter. If you're like Gen Z or even Gen Next, whoa. which nobody's ever said before. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, copyright Pepsi 1994. If you are like three years old and you're cool as hell, Use Discord. <laughs> Discord is the place to be. We, you can suggest hands there. Uh, we have a link in the description that gets you to our Discord server. You can join the server there. You're then part of the community, which is cool in itself. Yeah. This is a built-in community. Um, we post all of these hands that have their own threads there. Our solvers, Danny and Wesley, post their work there. Wesley will be doing the solver work on this hand, and he will post his work in the thread. So you can see the entire workup. We're only going to talk about the most notable things in our mind, but we might not talk about something that you thought was pretty interesting solver-wise. You'll be able to see that in the Discord. Of course, we don't know what the solver says right now. We're going to wait till we're done with this episode, and then we're going to take a look at it, come back, and see what the solver did say. Um, there's also just general poker talk. You can post your hands for to be reviewed by us and people in the community. And there's, you know, food fights. There's stuff about English muffins and croissants. Yep, it's lots of stuff. It's, of course, free. You should definitely join the community. It's easy to do so. People seem to like it. We like it. So there. By the way, another piece of joining the community, Grant mentioned our solver team. Yeah. We're always looking to add to that solver team. So if you like using a solver you think you're pretty good at and you're interested, uh, drop us a note. Yeah. You can do it on Discord if you want. You can send it to our email. We're what? PortlandPokerU at gmail.com. Or you can just do it on Twitter. Do it on Twitter. We, our DMs are open. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, you have to, we'll put you through a little test. And uh, if you qualify, you qualify. But if you're interested, we're, we're open to that. Yep. But you got to be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Like, we're in just any Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah. Wesley and Danny, they do a good job. They do. Wesley did this one. All right. So, this is, I I suppose, a 5K buy in. It is. It's the main event. $3 million guaranteed. Party Poker Millions. We're in North Cyprus. North Cyprus, not Southwest or East Cyprus. I mean, you you could be there, but you probably won't do well in the tournament. You won't have any good Cyprus experiences. Right. And we are very near the bubble. 101 remain, 98 get paid. The bubble is about a 2x of the buy-in, right? Something yeah. like that. So, you know, a significant bubble for a lot of these players. Uh, most, like, it's a, it's a 5K that's not at the World Series of Poker, so maybe not all of these guys are taking shots. But, you know, a few people, this is a big buy-in for. Oh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to love saying this guy's name for the whole episode. I know. So there's a guy. His last name is Sapatavicus. I mean, it's it's made for Grant. Sapatavicus. Sapatavicus. I'm going to workshop different ways to say it. Sapatavicus. I think just the normal way is pretty good. Sapatavicus. Yeah. He has 465K. They never really make it super clear what the blinds are, but I'm thinking they're probably 10K, 20K. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine what else they could be based on because he opens to forty k. He opens to forty. It could be sixteen k, but you would think he wouldn't do that. He could. Two, he could make it two and a half x. He could, but he's uh, he you know he's a short ish stack near the bubble, but yeah. he has aces, so maybe maybe that's why he would do that. Um, I mean, you often in practice in these spots, people are just min opening because they don't have to do anymore. Like you get you get it through a lot anyway, right? Especially on the bubble. Yep, that's what I mean. Makes sense. So let's just assume it's 20K big blind level. I think it's great. Sapotavagus has 465K, so he's got 23 bigs. Okay. And he's got aces. Ace of diamonds, ace of clubs. He's plus two. He's going to open to 40K. Cool. His range is significantly tighter than a normal under-the-gun range, even though he's plus two, right? As yes, one of with 20-some-odd sh- blinds? Yeah, and you bet. on the bubble? No question. Yeah. Like, if you're assuming that this is just a dude who plays a decent amount of poker, he's not special one way or the other, like, what's the worst hand he's opening here? Um, I guess he could open ace-queen. I wouldn't expect anything worse than ace-queen for unpaired hands. Maybe king-queen suited? Maybe. Maybe, maybe yeah. not, though. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, pocket pairs? Nines? Plus. Nines is what I thought. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's opening eights. I don't think so either. Um, he also, depending, because, you know, we're this close to the bubble, as you're saying, we're, th- what, three people off? Yeah. Is that right? 101 remain, 98 paid. Yeah. Um. He might be slicing a lot of that, even like ace queen off here. Yeah. He may just not be playing because like he doesn't want to deal with it. Right. Know? I mean, if you get three bet, you have to fold ace queen in this spot. hundred percent, you're yeah. folding. Uh, you know, you flop a pair and you flop top pair, and a guy raises you. You may make a bad decision, whichever in whatever direction, you, and you don't want to have to deal with any of it. You just want to wait and then be in the money. Like a lot of people have that thought process for sure. Obviously, a lot of people don't or are trying to maximize, but most people with twenty some odd blinds are just like. Let's get to that money, baby. You know, yeah. I hope to have fifteen blinds once we once the bubble bursts. Yep, I've been there. Sure, in, in certain cases, um, it folds around to the button to a guy whose last name is Lakov. He's yes. actually eighth on the all-time Russian money list. I had never heard of this guy before. I think he's twelfth on the twelfth on, on the Russian yeah. money list. Um, he's been playing for a long time. He, Alexander Lakov. He plays a ton of events. According to Jonathan, at least he, um, uh, yeah, he is. He is twelfth. He's he's got three point seven million dollars in live earnings. Seems to play a lot of events. His his biggest score is like six hundred k or something. Yeah, he finished second in a WPT main uh, world championship event, meaning like the WPT world championship in twenty fifteen. So that's his big. That's his really big hit. But he's got a bunch of six figure scores. Mm-hmm. Zapatavikas, by the way, to the best of uh, your searching, has about five hundred k in earnings, something like that. Yeah, as best as I can tell, based on the cardplayer.com stuff, Hendon doesn't have him, so yeah. it's a little complicated. All right, I'm curious what you, Jonathan, love you think about this. Okay, in this scenario, Zlakov is going to call with two eights on the button. I don't understand why he's doing that. You think it's just uh, a fold? How deep is? How about Zlakov has seven hundred thirty k. He's not really a risk. Right, so he's got like 35 blinds. I'm just trying to think if we can get someone like the big blind to call also and if maybe it's worth doing. Um, it's hard to justify this unless we think this player is going to be tight enough that we can steal later. But eights, so then we're just like playing a lot of hands on the button. Yeah, because um, this happens to be one of them. This is actually a good hand we can play on the button. Because the implied odds are about 10 to 1, and that's just not good enough. Not even close, yeah. yeah. Um, he's under the gun. He's only got 20 some odd blinds. He's plus two. Okay. But he's, he's, only, he's early position. He's only got 20 some odd blinds. He plays terribly against that range, as we were saying. Like, yeah. He has very few unpaired hands. Um, he might be shoving ace-king. He may not even open ace-king. Right. You know? So it may be like... Like we have to hit a set to win, basically. Yeah. So like, if we're not going to play this hand to take full advantage of the times when either he checks... like We have to be looking to steal this pot some of the time. Otherwise, this is a horrific call, even though we're in position and it's a good hand. Yeah, I mean, and looking to steal the pot against a very tight, strong range, which is not generally a good idea. Yeah, who's short and so going to be more willing to, like, let's go. Yeah. So that's why I mostly just want to fold here unless, unless I know the big blind calls all the time and the big blind spewy and has a lot of chips. Now I can set mine against that player or maybe win a big pot against that player sometimes. But, otherwise, but mostly I just want to throw my hand away. Well, you can throw that whole big blind notion in the turlet because... In the turlet? Yeah, the turlet. That's how you say toilet. Okay. Um, that's uh, Yoni Yokomanen, who you may oh, remember. From, sure. We've done online hands with him. He made at least one EPT final table. I think the one with all the hats. With the hats, yeah. The guy with the Finnish guys with the hats. Yeah. Um, he's in the big blind with King 10 off, and he tanks for a while before folding. Wow. Because he's very aware of the range that Sabatavagus this, has. This really speaks to the eights being a questionable call here. Yeah. 
I mean, he's getting like infinity to one, and he folds king ten off. Yeah, it's one blind. Yeah, and is he short? Is he very short? You know, I'd have to go. He back He must and be look. pretty short, right? Because because if he's deep enough, he's going to call anyway, right? right? Well, keep talking about that. For like, a I don't. Okay, for example, like if he had forty blinds, I think he has to call just because the button also has forty blinds, and you're just like, okay, you know, like we can see a flop. I don't have to get there. I don't have to flop all that often. So he must be down like I would guess sub thirty blinds, nope. maybe even less. Your commander's got one point two million. What? He's got 60 blinds and he folds? This seems like a mistake, I have to I'm, say. I'm looking at to make sure he's on the small blind. It says yeah. BB next to his name. So unless the software is wrong or the person who entered it is wrong. Would you ever fold King-10 off for one blind in this spot? I would not. I can't imagine doing it. I'm yeah. pretty sure Yokomanin plays a lot more tournament poker than I do these days. Of course he does. Of course so he, does. he has a reason. I mean, I think he thinks just like... You don't flop two pair plus often enough to make it worth it. Because you if you might just be check-folding a King-high board against Sapotevicus. Well, if you're doing that, you should fold. Yeah, and but I think that maybe seems, that seems hard to imagine that you'd really do that. Really? Imagine the scenario, like king four sure. five board. Yeah, we check. He bets. Yeah, and the third guy is still in the hand. Well, the third guy gets to act before. Oh, because he, when he bets, the third yeah. guy's still. Yeah, but he might be betting his board. Well, look, if we're gonna fold king four five, and the button's gonna fold, and we're also gonna, just gonna throw our hand away, then we probably should fold. Yeah, you're right. That seems like too tight to me. Uh, because, you know, I assume it's usually going to be a pretty small bet. We can call once. We can see what happens on the turn. We I can mean, fold to most turn bets. I agree with all these things. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to figure out why, why he, he did fold. it. Yeah, because yeah, he's obviously not an idiot. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe he knows that. Maybe C. is is quite tight here. And it's just like, this guy's range is so far ahead of mine, I should not be getting involved. I'm always dominated and maybe worse. You yeah, know? like, I only feel good if it's King-10 low. Like, yeah. King-Queen-10 is not a good enough flop for me against this guy. Like, I mean, I mean, I, King Queen 10 is going to have to be good enough. It's going right? to have to be good enough, but you're not going to, he's, he's like, that's not a good expected value spot is what he's. Thinking. I mean, I don't see how that's possible, but like aces, ace king, we're doing pretty well. But you're not right. going to get it in against them. They're going to fold is the point. Oh, I see. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we're almost hoping for like a queen jack flop, but then that's problematic too in its yeah. own ways in that like we don't have anything and we might put a lot of chips yeah. in. Um, yeah. So anyway, he folds. I imagine if it was suited, he would have called. I, I have hope. to believe it. Doesn't he have to call? I mean, I would have thought he had to call King-10 off. Me anyway. too. So suited feels like you just are forced to. But maybe he's also just like, this is the bubble. These guys are super tight. I don't have to do this. Like, I can just wait a little bit and be in better spots. I mean, it's an extreme version of, like, if you don't have to enter a marginal spot, don't. It's a very extreme version of that. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't feel like a, that marginal a spot. But I guess he thinks it is. Yeah. And as we see, okay. Sapotavicus has aces. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Sapotavicus has a range that's much tighter than we outlined earlier. I mean, maybe it's queens plus ace-king plus here. Yeah. That is not... People do that on the button for sure, on the bubble for sure. Yeah. And if that's the case, you know, like sometimes you also know where you're just like... Because the people are telling you on these bubbles, you know, they're like, oh, this is such a huge spot for me. And like... Right. And it's clear they're not playing even a hand like jacks aggressively at all. Right. You know, they may limp jacks in that spot or maybe they raise, but they hate every part of it or they might even fold them. Like as crazy as that sounds. So... Maybe he knows that this is a guy like that. Having looked at Sabat, Sabatavicus's, uh resume, I wouldn't have any reason to think that he's that tight. He's, this isn't like the first time he's played in these events. He isn't playing big buy-ins, but still he's playing a lot of events. So I mean, Maybe the bunny's just big for him. Maybe, maybe Yokomanen's like, feelers are tingling. Yeah, he's maybe. just like, this dude just has a big hand in this spot. He has to. And I am going to fold any flop where I just flop one pair with no redraws because I don't see the point. You know, so I might as well just fold now. I mean, we're still getting six to one to call for one blind to see the flop. It just still seems insanely tight to do that as a someone who yeah. thinks of himself as pretty tight. But with with the knowledge that Sapotavicus actually does have aces, maybe Yokomanin's onto something. Maybe, maybe he's got a tell on him or something. Yeah. Just a straight up tell. He's like, oh, he's super strong. It's possible. Yeah. Definitely possible. Anyway, we're going to end up heads up. Okay. I think Lakov's call is probably worse than Yokomanin's fold. It's got to be. Yeah. I mean, Yokomanian's fold seems like really surprising, but also we trust him. That's part of it, right? Uh, this it's hard to justify the calling with the eights here. Yeah, feels like especially if Yokoman's going to fold King Ten and not call with that. Where maybe we can, you know, flop a set again, flop a set and get value up from him. But right. he's not even going to be in the hand. Yeah. He doesn't want to be involved. So it's pretty nuts. It is. 130k is going to be in the pot after all of this. Surprisingly interesting preflop action yeah. for a raise in a call. Really? If you want some surprisingly interesting preflop action right on your laptop or your smartphone or whatever future device you have when you're listening to this in the year 2037, which of course you will be. Someone will be. You should play on Nitrogen Sports. 
You should use the link in the description of this podcast if, you know, the link in this podcast is still a thing in the year 2037. We might be beyond links at that point. We might be into, uh, like... Goose? Like goose that you touch? Goose? Like goo, you know? But, like, but multiple goo? Like, yeah, like different... I think the multiple of goo is goo. Each, the plural of goo is goo. Each thing that used to be a link now instead produces a goo. Yeah. Which is... It, does, it doesn't actually, like, stick on you because it's, you know, it's made by, by the computers. Yeah. It's, it's a fake feeling. You know, you feel like you're touching goo, <laughs> but it's oh, fake. It's a, simula- it's Simu- a simulated, it's a simulated goo. goo yeah. And you touch that goo and it takes you to wherever it's supposed to take you to, the way that links do now, you know? Right. It seems like that's a tougher, more intricate process than just having but a link. But the people, but, they clamor for it. So yeah. the scientists had to do it. Yeah. You know, the metaverse, right? So uh, Gleep Glorp or whatever the names are, are common in the year 2037. That's probably a common human name at that point, I would guess. Yeah. Um, you touch touch your uh, your simulated goo that links you to nitrogen sports, and uh, that that's the only way you get access to the monthly poker guys tournament, which will probably still be going on. There'll probably still be an automatic overlay. Yeah, there always is. There always has been. It's, it's been years. I assume they will have adjusted the buy in by then, based on the price of Bitcoin, oh which might be a little higher. Maybe like it's a point oh 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 one Bitcoin overlay, and everyone's <laughs> like, oh my god, have to play it. Yeah, right? yeah, basically. Not I mean, that's, that's the hope of many of our some, listeners. Some of us, yeah. And some of, the, some of the podcasters as well. Yeah, some of the podcasters, perhaps. Anyway, it is a Bitcoin-only site. When you use the link, you get access to that tournament, which always has at least a 40% overlay. That's a good deal. Yeah. If you win it or anything else, sports bets, casino games, you get your money out fast if you want it. You get it in 90 minutes or less. Nitrogen does not mess around with your money. And they have a lot of good simulated goo feelings. Uh, Gleep Glorb, if you could do one thing for me, it's the year's 2037. You're hearing this. I need you to find me wherever I am and send and pass this message on to me. Okay, let's, let's hear. You're the not mess- I know, but I want to hear the message. Yeah. The message is sell Google. I'll know what it means. Okay, nobody it's actually sell the Google. Nobody will know it anymore. Not sell Google. Sell the Google. That's important. Okay, sell Google is going to mess me up. Okay, so this way I can like tell my future self something that really important, and it'll know. That, this might be the most important podcast we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, for me anyway. Yeah. You're going to get rich. All right. Sell the Google. Or not die. One of those things. You know, Either you might have to good. sell it because it's mercenaries are coming after it. And like, once you transfer possession, they'll go after whoever owns it. I just hope future me will understand the Google, what that means. Because like, future me is going to be like, well, you can't sell the Google. You can do other things. But selling the Google is, who owns the Google? You know? <laughs> yeah. But then I need future me to go a level deeper and understand. Do you need Gleep Glorp to understand this piece to like be like, listen, I know your immediate reaction is <laughs> you can do other things with the Google, but you yeah. can't sell it. But past you has told me to say <laughs> that, in fact, you can if you think hard yes. enough about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And this is part of the, the secret of it all. The key is I can't say what the... I can't give it all away right here, so I need my future me to think about it enough. Otherwise, everyone will sell the Google in 2037. They don't, but now they're going to be like, they're going to hear this podcast and be like, well, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's so stupid. And then like, I'll hear it because someone will have told me because I won't be listening to this podcast, obviously, or anything like it. Um, and because I won't listen to podcasts, I'll be beyond podcasts. Of course. <laughs> There'll be some sort of simulated goo in, in its place. You know? Yeah, it sounds way better. And this Glee Corp is going to be like, sell the Google. And I'm like, well, you can't. Like, ah! I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. You can, and you told me to tell you this. And I'll be like, what? You know, and then I'll, I'll figure out the key to it, and then I'll sell the Google. Does Glucklorp have to tell you where, like, a mole is on your body that nobody oh, else knows Oh, to, like, about? prove. Yeah. Prove. Uh, yeah, I think so. But the problem is, how can I tell Glucklorp that without telling everyone else that? And Everybody then... besides Glucklorp, stop listening. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Butt crack. <laughs> Butt crack mole. <laughs> Great. Great imagery. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, for those of you who didn't know that, that was a double, that was a double ad. One was for nitrogen. The one, one was for a new Dan Brown book coming in November 2022. <laughs> it's called The Google and Where to Sell It. Yeah. Yeah. And Where to Sell It. It's more <laughs> of a self-help book though, than a novelization. It's, it's a little bit of a departure for Dan Brown, yeah. but he does add a little bit of a mysticism to it as he's wont to do. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a breathless... Uh... <laughs> Every chapter is, is four words. <laughs> And the Knights Templar are heavily involved. Yes. Uh, anyway, here we go. <laughs> Back to the hand. <laughs> That's how you do an ad for nitrogen sports. Woo! Always killing it. All right. So we ended up heads up. 
Sapotapagus right. with 23 blinds to start the hand near the bubble. Ace of diamonds, ace of clubs. Yeah. Lakov making what feels like an ambitious call with two eights on the button. Eight of spades, eight of diamonds. 130K in the pot. Sapotapagus has 425K back. Okay. Jack of clubs, four of diamonds, six of hearts. Sure. This is the type of thing where you don't really, like, eights is not good enough to continue in this spot if, if, if Sapotapagus bets. gets bets. Oh, I mostly agree. Unless we have how many chips? We have 730 as like We have 35 blinds. I mean, look, assuming that Sabbaticus, and we have every reason to believe this, is not like trying to abuse the bubble, is not opening a lot. We've, based on Yakuman's fold, every yeah. reason to believe that he's not doing anything like that. He might just be check folding ace king anyway, right? So yeah. if he were to bet, we should probably just find a fold. I guess we could call once and see what he does on the turn if we want to. Yep. But those are the only options. Or I guess we could make a big move, right? But, Which is like with no reason. Right. Why would we do that? Yeah. There's no point. We don't block right. anything. We sure don't. Yeah. Sapotavicus checks. Huh. That's a weird check. Go ahead and uh, brizzle that down for me. Uh, he's trying to induce. He thinks the very thing we just said, that like all the medium pocket pairs, not that there really should be any, but like a lot of hands are just going to fold if he bets, and he's not really afraid of almost anything. So he's checking to try and induce. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, is he just trying to get it all in right here? I think this is maybe mm. my best guess because... Assuming he doesn't know a ton about Lakov, let's say he just expects Lakov is just a normal player who understands the scenario and is going to have a very tight range. Zapotavikas may be putting on him on something like, you know, nines or tens plus, and then maybe even a little bit of like pocket queens type hands. Um, Ace-jack suited, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe queen-jack suited. I don't know. Can you call if you're Lakov with queen-jack suited in this spot preflop? I don't know. We had eights, so I guess we can. Yeah, but Seems I mean, like it's possible. but assuming you don't have eights, like, would you prefer queen jack suited uh, to eights? Yes, yeah, I, I would. So. so maybe he has a few jacks in his range, and okay. he might bet those for protection against the ace kings and yeah. ace queens of the world. Yeah, sure. So maybe Zapotavicus thinks my best course to getting all in is to check shove. Like, okay, I, I'm hoping that he has something. Maybe he'll take a shot with his misses, and maybe with his value, he'll bet, and I can get a, all of the money in before anything gets wonky. It's reasonable. The problem, of course, if he checks back now, things... I mean, things can't get that wonky yet, yeah. right? So, it's not, so that's also a reason where you can feel more comfortable yeah. making this play. I don't hate it. I'm down with it. I imagine that's his intention when he checks, right? You'd expect him to check shove? Unless he's super terrified of this bubble. I mean, we could check call with the idea of hoping to in, just induce like crazy. Yeah. That's the other move. If we think um, Lakov. Lakov is, uh, is going to go for it a lot, then that's fine. It's like, amazing that this is entirely scripted and we still find ways to write it in where you, you forget the people's <laughs> names. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- that's how we've been able to you know, pull the hood over everyone for the last seven years on this podcast. Oh, yeah, these guys, they don't, they don't think about it. They don't study anything. They just turn on the mics and let it fly, baby. That's you know, how the, there's, the only way to do it is to put you know, at least 40 hours a week into each podcast of, you know. Yeah. These kinds of stuttering moments. Right. That's what we call them. Dan Brown references, etc. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot there if you really go back. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the, the fan base li- re- listens and re-listens to these episodes just over and over. And there's so much more you get. On Trying the, to find the Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. On the seventh, eighth, ninth listen, I think, um, where you can start to really put together. For example, uh, I won't say which episode, but there's an episode in the last two months where if you take the first letter of every word I say... This isn't about from minute like 10 to 20. There's a hidden message there. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm, I know some of you have probably figured that out, but a lot of you probably haven't. So that's the kind of stuff we've got going all the time in this show. I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil okay. what, what the that's phrase fine. was. That's fine. My favorite Skittles are the red Skittles. Unless it's Friday, then it's probably the yellow Skittles. Yeah. Getting probably was tough, but yeah. we figured it out. Yeah. 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 It's a lot say, of fun, though. You had to say uh, Ozymandias. We had more Breaking Bad discussion. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think I also, that was when I like, I, I, I basically transitioned from Breaking Bad to Watchmen so I could use Ozymandias as a way to do it because they're, you know... Oh, right, of course. Character, of course. For, for both well. of the O's of probably. Yes. <laughs> There's one O. Okay, well, let's move on. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right, Sabatakis checks. We didn't like getting here, but we're here as Lakov. Yeah. How do we approach this? Do we do an equity denial bet? Obviously, it's not a bluff. Yes. Yes, that's the only way. Why would we not bet here? We're going to let the guy improve and beat us now like why did we call preflop yeah, i don't, don't understand if he's gonna check with ace king or ace queen on this board we probably don't expect him to bluff in the future anyway so. right and uh let's bet and not give him free cards let's win this pot isn't that why we played it yeah. seems very to me it seems super straightforward to bet do you disagree no okay. it wouldn't work out but no it would whatever. very much fail. small bets fine you know bet 
Yeah, 50K into 130. He's going like to hate it, and he's going to have to fold Ace King. He's going to be like, oh, like he's bluffing sometimes. Yeah. But what do I do? Uh, I hate this so much. And he's going to like take for a long time and fold. Yeah. But instead, that's not what happened. No, Lakov checks back. Yeah. So we're not loving how Lakov is playing this hand so far. Hating it so far. Okay. That's what I would say. Cool. The turn is the four of clubs. Okay. So that pairs the four. Fine. Yeah. That Feels like it doesn't matter. It should never be part of either player's range, right? Yeah. Basically. Zapotevicus now is like, okay, maybe I can get value out of something. I mean, you'd expect eights to bet or nines or tens, but maybe Lakov checked back. Maybe I can get value from those hands. I mean, yeah. Or like you just feel like, yeah, there's like nothing to really be afraid of, right, at all. I guess there's a second club now, but like whatever. We have the ace of clubs anyway. Yeah. Like it's just not much. There's just not much going on. But yeah, it's like we can't just keep giving free cards, right? No. If you're Sabatavicus. Yeah, and you, and you can now expect to maybe get some value. Maybe Lakov checks back with ace check suited sometimes because he's a little worried about getting check shoved on in this exact scenario. I mean, right? maybe. We got to try and get two streets from here since we failed at our first attempt of the check race. Yeah. So Zapotavicus bets 50K, small bet, trying to make sure all of the pairs call. Yeah. I mean, I think they often will. Like, if we have two eights here. Yeah. Like, when check, check, then he bets on this card. His story doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, so Lakov does call, and I think if I were vaulted into that seat, I would have to. Yeah, it's two and a half blinds. Yeah. We just call. That's what he does. Yep, way Here behind, but okay. Pot's 230K. Cool. River is the Jack of Hearts. Interesting did, card. Zapotavicus did not want to see that card. No. How do you approach it as Zapotavicus? What is the best course of action? Okay, we have two options, it seems. Okay, yeah, we have two options. One option is to block or bet, try and get value out of the pocket eights types hands that are out there. Yeah. Right. The jack pairing may mean they're a little more apt to call in this spot. Because they will be like, well, you wouldn't bet an overpair now. You wouldn't bet an overpair. You check the jack on the flop. Your story doesn't really make sense. I'm going to hear you. And not even for very much. We can bet small. So it's, it's relatively inexpensive. Um, the other option, of course, is to check and let him do whatever it is he's going to do. And then figure it out. Yeah. Those are the two options. Do you disagree? No. Which oh, one do you I like better? I don't think you can bet big. No, it seems crazy to bet big. I don't think the need to eke out extra value outweighs the need for variance mitigation in this case. Yeah. And like for maybe leveling yourself. I think checking is probably the way to go when this among worst cards in the deck comes. Maybe worst card in the deck. It's a pretty bad card. What was the middle card? It was Jack 6-4. Yeah. Yeah, what sixes does he have? He doesn't it's have like any sixes. hard to come up with any sixes. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I, th- I think I like a check here, too, on this card, yeah. specifically. There are a bunch of cards, like a king or a queen, I feel great about betting. Sure. Because what are you afraid of? Like, yeah. you hope he has top two, basically. Right. Um, or or some, yeah, but this feels, like, pretty straightforward. Or king X of clubs, king, queen of clubs, and he riverdated top pair kind of yeah. thing. But this card feels like, yeah, we'll check, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, and if he, if he like, moves in, I can consider folding. Yeah, but... if he bets normal, we'll probably call. Yeah. Because it's hard for him to have a jack. He checked back. And also, you had to call pre. It's yeah. possible, but it's, it's, it is possible. It's possible, but you know, he also doesn't have that a lot. I don't know. Zapotavicus does not go with our suggestion. No, he bets seventy-five k into two thirty. Well, he bets small at least. It was it was one of the thoughts that you came up with as to mm-hmm. what to do. I think it's reasonable. Here's where things get wonky. Things go off the rails. You said that exactly how I thought you would. Really? I wrote it in the script. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you did that so phonetically for me. Yeah, yeah. It was know, pretty and easy I, to And do. I know how to use all the different accents on the keyboard, so I made the, the, the over the A and the I of Rails. And you can kind of tell, like, you don't actually know what those accents mean, but you can kind of just get what they mean. You the know? thing that I always wonder about in these spots is, so you, of course, wrote in that little bit we just did, too, and this little bit right now. I workshopped it with the team first, of course. Of course, but, like, you're saying you did it just the way I wrote it, but you wrote you saying that before you actually heard me say it. So I wonder, like, when you actually say those words and I don't do it the way you wrote it, what do you feel? I mean, the thing that's strange about all of this is that every single word that we're saying is scripted. <laughs> yeah, it does. There's it? no way out. It's the Truman Show over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it's turtles all the way down once you start. It's yeah. true. It's true. All turtles. All right. Well, let's get back to this situation. So he bet 75K. All right. Into 230 this is why I didn't want to call with eights preflop. This is part of it. You know, like I get the call on the turn, but now here we are. Like, can we call? I mean, aren't we always beat when he bets again? And especially when he bets small. Yeah. I mean, he's not, it seems like a weird time to bluff. Yeah. Really, really weird for him to be bluffing here. Would he ever bet pocket sevens here? 
for feels value? Hard to, yeah, for, it seems hard to imagine. No, no chance. And we don't think he's bluffing. He so we're losing. Open, he doesn't even open pockets. Right. So he, we're just losing. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Well, we know we're losing then. So we fold or we raise then? I mean, I think we should probably fold. Yeah. I mean, Sepathavicus could absolutely have a jack. I mean, we, we wouldn't necessarily put him on a ton of them. Maybe just ace-jack suited. Maybe that's the only jack combo yeah. he has. But there's still some combos of that. He could have the hand he has, by the way. Like, raising yeah. isn't necessarily going to work against pocket aces and pocket queens and pocket kings anyway. You wouldn't think so. I, mean, I wouldn't plan on it, that's for sure. I wouldn't target those hands. I, I, I can see targeting a hand like two tens. Like, you know, if I think, he, if think he's blocker betting two yeah. tens, I think that'll work probably. Even though in practice it should all play the same, I don't know that it really does. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe you put Zapotavicus on two tens, two nines a little bit here based on the way he's played it. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense. It does. It makes the most sense. Yeah. I think Lakoff did do that because he moves in. Yeah. For 300K more effective. So Zapotavicus started the river with 375. I guess 365 I thought it was. Whatever, 375. Yeah. It's all the same. 375. And Lakoff moves him in. Is this a good play or is it too fancy? It's pretty fancy. Yeah. On the bubble, it might be a good play. I'm open to this being a good play. Oh, yeah. It's certainly not usually a good play. No, this is no, this is not a good play normally, for sure. You don't block anything. Like, to make right. moves like this, you have to have some reason combinatorially to do it, or else you're doing it too frequently. Your story is pretty bad also, right? You don't have a good... Neither of you have a great story here. I mean, your story is, I have a jack. I checked back a jack on the flop. Yes. That's your story. Which maybe you would. Who knows? Maybe, but a lot of the time you're going to bet a jack, right? Yeah. To protect... We thought he would bet eights, though, too, and he chose not to do that in yeah. fairness to him. But... But, like, I would expect top pair and, a, like, I would expect a lot of one pair of hands to bet on that flop when we check because they don't want to give away a free card. Yeah. Um, the fact that he checked eights, maybe in his mind, means he can, of course, check a jack also, and it's all the same to him. A jack is probably going to have block, better blockers anyway, like ace-jack, where you actually hope for the ace to come. Yeah. You only have to dodge generally a king, maybe a queen, but you don't, you don't know which one, but only one of those cards. So you only have, like, your opponent only has three outs often when you have ace-jack here. Um, so maybe you can check ace-jack. But, like, you know, it's not a great story. Like, Jack is generally going to bet one Jack, too, right? I mean, right? in this spot, your opponent doesn't have King Jack or Queen Jack in their preflop range. Right. Sapotavagus, yeah. I mean. Yeah, probably not, based on everything we seem to know about him. Yeah. Okay, so it's, like you said, ace-jack only. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, you could check. I mean, like, what's more likely, checking back a Jack or checking back two eights? I meant him having King-Queen, by the way, or ace-queen, ace, oh, king-queen suited, ace-king. Because gotcha. sort of, we have a Jack in our right, head, right? right? Yeah. So having the aces blocks all the... Gotcha. We don't mind him getting any ace. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, but like from Zapatavicus's perspective, it is a strange story to say you check back a jack, but what else did you get here with? If, is it a pocket pair? Then you check that back, which is equally strange checking back a jack. It's true. It's, none of it makes any sense, but he did call the turn because Lakov called the turn. So you know he has something. Yeah. And then he raises the river. It feels like you kind of have to be beat, right? It does. Like, it, aren't you always beat here? It feels like he... he Played a jack in a strange way, and now he's going for max value with probably ace jack. Or he somehow flopped a set, checked it back, called with the intention of shoving all rivers, yeah. basically. Something like that. That's, it's it's that, the same problem, That's though. the story. Yeah. It's the same problem either way. It's a bad story. But the thing is, all of the bluffs are also a bad story. The bluffs are worse stories. Yeah. He has to be taking a one pair hand and turning it into a bluff, like, like he is. Yeah. Why would we think he's doing that? No idea. I will say, before we started recording, I said, boy... The guys who take medium pair hands, like middle pair and turn it into a bluff, are so tough because the story is much more believable than it otherwise would be. You know? Yeah. And here we are. Because when you're trying to think of the bluffs and you can't, well, actually, it's a hand that kind of made sense. Exactly. It's yeah. like, I can't think of a bluff that got here except weird clubs. But I have the ace of clubs in my hand, so I can't even think of that, really. But like middle pair is always here. Middle pair finds its way here a lot. It's interesting. So, okay. So I think this works, certainly. I think... Sabatavicus has to fold aces yeah. in this spot. He does. He does. Not surprising. Is this actually a good play by Lockoff, or did he get lucky this time? I think it comes back a lot to Sabatavicus's preflop range and how aware of it is Lakov. If Lakov is aware that Sabatavicus is actually really tight and literally has no full houses or trips in his range, then I think it's a great play. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if we don't have ace-jack suited in Sabatavicus's perceived range, meaning he yeah. doesn't have any jacks, he clearly doesn't have any sixes full or anything then, which you wouldn't expect at these stacked outs in, in this position. Like ace, may, Even if you give him ace-jack suited, it's only two combos. There's only two combos of hands that can be like, yeah, I can call, but also ace-jack suited doesn't love it. 
It's not like in love with the spot if you have ace jack suited. If we're lock off and we've been calling a lot of pre flop raises on this in this bubble spot, and like it's clear we've been doing that, like at least when we're in position. So we can have hands like maybe we can have hands like ace four suited sometimes or four five suited. Yeah. Then we can also have bottom full house. Yeah. And when the guy goes bet fifty k bet bet seventy five k on the jack pairing on the river, would we ever go for value with bottom full house? I'm asking. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not absurding it. I'm wondering. Yes. Because if that's true, and we're if we're playing a lot of hands on the bubble, like as calls to like steal later. Yeah. That's another pro. That's more value we can have. Yeah. That he can't. Yeah. Now we're just crushing him in terms of who's got the stronger, uh, the strongest value. It all comes back to Sapotavicus's preflop range, right? Because if it's actually significantly looser than we expect, yes. then this is a pretty loosey goosey play eating a sandwich. But <laughs> if it's as tight as we may expect, and what Yokomanian's fold tells us is that maybe it is because Yokomanian is a good player, he's probably paying attention. Yes. Um, then this might be a brilliant play by Lakov. It feels like it's pretty great. As long as Lakov hasn't been bullying the bubble too much. Sometimes that doesn't matter. Sometimes It often doesn't matter. Yeah. It often doesn't matter. But sometimes, like, I'll say this. Against a guy like me, if you've been making this play, and then we get to the river and I have the aces, I'm always calling. It depends on the price of crypto. A little bit. But, I'm, but like, I'm just like, I just think you're, I just know you don't have it enough here. I see you, I see you making this move with too much frequency. I'm just going to call, and, and I lose sometimes, you know? You see me make calls like that. Yeah. Um, you usually lose. I, I lose sometimes, <laughs> and it's not fun. But, like, but I'm, willing to, I'm willing to make that call. And sometimes I make that call, and I have all the chips, you know, and it works out beautifully. But if he, did, but if he, if he doesn't have that rep as being, like, super aggressive on the bubble, this, is, this should work all the time against pretty much anyone who doesn't have top full house. Like, yep. even if you have sixes full here, like, if somehow Sabatavik has open pocket sixes, some miracle he opened pocket sixes, and he bets 75K on the river and gets shoved on on a jack-jack 6-4-4 board, and this spot... can folding. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, like, you're just folding everything that isn't a jack. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So this may be... A, this is probably a great play. It makes me think, like... Not that I've played live poker much in the last long period of time, but maybe like as bubbles go, there's like all these different ways we try and exploit the bubble. Maybe this is another way to exploit the bubble a little bit more than we are. And so this guy is like with his pocket eights, he's like, well, there's a lot of boards I'm going to be able to win on. Even if he thinks he has a good hand and is betting for value, I can still win on so many right. boards. And it's possible Sapotaphagus literally has no top full house in his range. Yeah. And, and so... And so now, Lakov is like, so every time the board works out in my favor, I win. Every time Sabatavicus gives up because he's got ace-king or ace-queen, I win. Every time I flop a set, I win. Like, I make a straight. Some, like, there's so many ways I win now. Like, this is great. Like, yeah. it, like of course, there are some boards I'm just going to fold on. Of course there are. But there are a lot of boards I don't have to. I wonder I can, if, you know, can, Lakov's been around for a while and cashing in events for a long time. Yeah. I, I bet he's doing a lot of this stuff. Feels like it. It feels like he has to be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is the other thing I kind of love about this. I think this would have worked on the turn as well. I think yeah. a shove would have gotten through, but the river shove feels like. Uh, first of all, the jack pairs. I mean, he got a great card. He got a perfect card for it, admittedly. But, but you know, when he calls the turn, and if let's say it was a brick on the river, and seventy five k comes, he might be shoving also. I'm not sure if he is or not, and I'm. I think it's getting through. I'm not sure about that either. I mean, we've all been in these spots on these big bubbles, right? Where it feels like, oh my god, please don't raise, please don't raise, you know. And in your, in my mind, I'm, I'm definitely folding if they raise, you know, with my very good one pair of hands, you know. I mean, I'm not up against Victor Blom when I'm doing this, of course. You know, I'm up against guys who I think are going to have it. But I just wonder if this guy just is like, here's this, like, raising the river just works all the time on the bubble. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's see what the solver had to say about this. Cool. <laughs> let's take a look at this solver. This was done by Wesley Cannon. Now, of course... Wesley did input some ICM because we're close to the bubble, but I don't think the solver can truly experience the emotions of a big bubble. You know what I'm saying, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Um, I don't, I don't even know. Like, yeah, I, the solver doesn't get it. Doesn't get how it doesn't it get feels, anything. How it feels to watch those chips dwindle down as the bubble approaches. The blinds are coming around. The solver doesn't know what it's like to be in love. Well, to look to look at another in the eyes. Have and you seen her? feel that connected? Oh yeah, I have actually. That's a great movie and. Uh, so maybe maybe shut the hell up. Yeah. But the solver's not Scarlet Joe. Apologize. Hansen. The Scarlet is not Scarlet Joe. The Scarlet is not Scarlet Joe? The, the solver is you not said Scarlet, Scarlet Joe. Shut up. If you rewind the tape. Don't rewind the tape. Believe me. <laughs> Trust, not verify. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, let's, let's talk about what the solver said. Okay. 
Um, back to the flop. Sapotavicus is supposed to bet basically his whole range on this dry board, having open and early position. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, of course he checks. Of course he does. Yeah. And you would think that uh, we'd want Lakoff to bet, which we did, and of course the solver does too. These things make sense. Yeah. Everyone's in agreement, meaning us, not the players. Right. You mean the solver. You mean our robot buddy. Well, on the, on the turn, um, everybody agreed with everything. Yeah. The solver agreed that Sapotavicus was supposed to bet. And sure. Lakoff was supposed to call. Good. Let's get to the juicy stuff. Okay. The river. Here we go. Sapotavicus is supposed to bet, although this is the bottom of his betting range, according to the solver. Just aces and quads and boats. Is right, because he doesn't have any uh, ace jack here. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's wow, not yeah. a whole lot. Right. So it's the very bottom, which would make sense as to why the solver likes it that he folds to Lakov's raise. Sure. But the solver did not like Lakov's raise. Well, of course the solver doesn't like Lakov's Yeah, there's raise. no reason to raise eights. There's no combinatorial reason. It's just pure, like, it's the bubble, buddy. What are you going to do? I'm from Russia. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Like, we'd want to have queen 10. We'd want to have 10-10. Uh, he has that block jack better in a situation where our opponent can actually have a jack. You're right. Which um, none of this is the case. The solver is unaware of the opponent's range that's input. So right. um, that makes it so, like, it might believe that the Tapatavicus does have some trip jacks in his range, even though we know he probably doesn't. We think it's very unlikely. Yeah. Um, and also the way he played the hand also implies, he, like, even if he does have ace jack, he's usually going to bet that on the flop. I know he checked aces, but he's usually going to bet ace jack on the flop. You would expect right? it. So from, so from the opponent's point of view, it's just like, how does he have it? He doesn't have it. Come on. And in fact, lack of is right. Yeah. Like, of course, I mean, he has it, but he doesn't have enough of it to ever be able to call, which is kind of a beautiful thing that lack of sees eights are probably not good. And it's like, but you can't call without at least trip jacks, bro. And guess who doesn't have trip jacks? That'd be you. Yeah. So the solver hates Lakov's raise, but thinks that Sabatavicus is supposed to fold to it anyway. So it actually thinks Sabatavicus is losing chips, even if he calls with pocket sixes, which is a full house. Wow. That seems crazy. It does. It seems really surprising to me because what are we losing to? You know, quads. So little. We're losing to quads. Yeah. It sucks to lose to quads. It, I mean, it's actually. No, it sucks. I've lost the quads, and it sucks. Unless you win a bad beat jackpot, then it doesn't suck. I'm sure I've lost the quads many times when this wasn't the case, but I can think of multiple times where I've lost the quads where I flopped top set, and they went running quads on me. I can think of two times that happened. I'm going to guess they are both limit hold'em. They, no, they were not both limit hold'em. They, um, they, had, they had a pocket pair and like had under pairs to the board, called the bet, and then went called. You know, and then whatever, we got it all in, obviously, by the river. That was depressing. Well, maybe play better. Yeah. Like Lakov. Like Lakov. I mean, we, we talked about it in the, in the earlier that just how awesome this play is, and like on the bubble specifically. And it makes me think like I'm not nearly aggressive enough and like more spots on the bubble. I could be more aggressive. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.